0: Hello, I'm Harry Stakini, and you are listening to The Staff Room Podcast, the show where each week I share anonymous stories from teachers who are overworked, underpaid and close to a mental breakdown. So think of it as teacher therapy, as they remind us of all the troublemakers, class clowns and the flat out criminals we all remember from school. So join me and my guests and hear what your teachers really have to say. episode number four, the Staff Room Podcast. How are you doing, everybody? Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, I am in a very good mood. I mean, it feels as if things are just starting to lighten up at the moment. You know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, I've had some gigs booked in for September time, which is lovely, Uh, even a few dotted around the summer, but looks as if from September onwards, there's like normality again within comedy, which is, oh, I can't tell you, such a relief. Um, And the kids, they're back in school as well now, which... I wasn't really feeling anxious about because it meant the sooner they're in, the sooner everything else can open. Um and it's been quite nice to see them. Like, I mean, a f- fair few of them have changed. Um, a few of them have like really shot up. There's there's one lad in particular who's um definitely a few inches taller and uh rocking a bit of a bit of facial air and his voice is definitely going. Um it's like, you know, lockdown three has meant he's come out like with a wife and kids. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, noticeably different. Also, as well. I like, I know I keep going on about this, but the support that this has been getting so far has been great, and it just keeps growing every week, so the people that are listening and that are telling the friends about it, thank you very much, because it's definitely working, um, I've even had a bit of a new entry coming from, where was it, Sweden, that's the new location that's popped up where people are listening to this, Sweden, I've got more people listening in Sweden and in Israel than I do Guernsey, which, um, I know Guernsey's small, but I don't know how that's working out, but people of Israel, you're sitting third on that chart. Obviously, UK top, United States, Israel, Ireland, Sweden, uh, Australia, Guernsey, Spain and Canada. You know, I've got more fans in Israel than I do Guernsey. So, yeah, I don't know how that one's worked out, but anyway... You're spreading the word and it's definitely working, so thank you very much. Um, today's episode is a bit of a different one because it's the first time I've had a guest on who is a comedian, but actually a former teacher himself, and his name is Freddie Quinn. Um, I've worked with Freddie a fair few times, and he is someone that doesn't hold back when he's doing stand-up, Like, definitely has quite strong opinionated pieces, and I was quite surprised to find out that, well, he talks about his teaching methods, and um, yeah, I'll let him explain that. But let's just say, his teaching and his stand-up aren't too dissimilar. That's what I would say. Um, But it was dead interesting chatting to him because he gave uh, an insight and a perspective into teaching from a way that I'd just not seen before. And um, especially when talking about like the relationship a kid has with a teacher and um, dealing with like year sevens and various different things. He talks about it within the episode, but it was really good to have him on. And uh, I think you will find it as interesting as I did to kind of see the inner workings of... Yeah, a school and um, a teacher that is not afraid to push the boundaries with a teaching style, should I say. But Freddie will explain more about that within the episode. Uh, so the story we go over has coming from a teacher who usually works within secondary school, but on this particular day was cover supervising within a primary school and came up against an eight-year-old that was just a master bullshitter. Um, And it's quite interesting because out of all the entries that have come in, I feel like this is the one that's probably got the most amount of, um, it's venom sounds too harsh a word, but it's like a good thing. They've just, they've been quite honest, but clearly they've got a bit of beef with this eight year old that whether it's still there now, I'm not sure. Um, but the, the story definitely, um, you get a feel for how they felt about this person. Definitely. (laughs) Um, I'll also be sharing a listener's story that got sent to me a few weeks ago and the subject of the email read vodka kicking and a witness statement It is an absolute cracker so thank you very much to the person that sent that in but let's jump into this week's episode this is me Freddie Quinn and an eight-year-old that is a master bullshitter enjoy.
1: I'll make sure that you get some complaints for this one. Don't we?
0: Well, to be fair, you know what I used to do
1: what? when Adam before Adam had pod like did this podcast. He used to do other podcasts, and he used to hate editing. So what he'd do is every time he invited me on, I'd slip in a racial slur midway <laughs> through conversation because I knew that he'd have to edit it out.
0: Well, I look forward to that then. No, <laughs> oh. um, I to be fair. You're the first proper teacher guest that I've had on the show. I know. There we go.
1: There we go. On a on a teaching podcast, <laughs> the bar is set fucking
0: low. <laughs> I, Cause was it secondary school that you taught him?
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, to be fair, you had Selwood and uh, Jack Carroll on the last one. I, I mean, were they even part of the school or were they in the shed at the back of the <laughs> at
0: the end of the but, hey, Pete Selwood's mum and dad were teachers. uh, Yes, I know, I know, I know that. Uh, This isn't part of the podcast, is it? Uh, Yeah, yeah. um. Okay, edit that out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right, we'll start now, we'll officially start. Go, go. (laughs)
0: Um, I like that. Uh, I feel like there was a story there, but you thought, I'm not going to jump into that. Um, Yeah, first teacher I've had on, so it'd be quite nice to get your um, insight on this, because I'll get right, basically... Um, I'm gonna do a read, and feel free to jump in at any point if there's anything that strikes you. You know what I mean? Um, and we'll just we'll just move our way through it. The read today has come in from a supply teacher who usually works in secondary and is working in a primary school and came across quite an annoying lad, right? Who who was in the class. Now, obviously, your experience of being a teacher, um, I don't know if you had any standouts um, that live long in the memory of you having to deal with anyone who was a bit awkward.
1: Oh mate, I so I um I my behavior management skills were the best thing that I ever had going for me. Like legitimately, it was something that I just nailed straight away. Um and I've taught in a lot of really rough schools as well. Um so I, I actually quite that's the bit of the job that I enjoy the most, funnily enough, is trying to trying to stop them from kicking off.
0: Um <laughs> I mean, what's the kid doing? What's the kid doing that's so bad? Well, I I, I can start the read uh, and we'll just go from there. I was just curious to know, like, when you say behaviour, like, are you, do you have a laugh with them? Or do you, because I can't imagine you come down on them hard. I imagine you just rip the piss out of them if someone's acting up.
1: Oh, I come I come down on them really hard, but in a sarcastic, horrible way. (laughs) <laughs> um like i used to i used to threaten to kick the shit out of them and all sorts but not say i'll kick the shit out of you oh, i used to say like especially with like year eight labs right, you, and, you, and you, had, like you hadn't
0: clarified if that was primary or secondary then you <laughs> were just like just <laughs> especially
1: when they're like when they're getting a little bit older i think they prefer to be spoken to like an adult so the amount of times i was an english teacher the amount of times that we were doing a lesson in the library and uh, there was like a kid talking instead of reading, and I'd come over, I'd just come over his shoulder, and I'd whisper to him just loud enough so he could hear. If you don't start reading that book, I'm going to beat you to death with it. <laughs> the amount of times I did that, honestly, no way I should have lasted in schools. No way.
0: That's uh, what, what would the reaction be? Just like I'm not. He's on supply, so I don't want to take any chances. <laughs>
1: No, this is when I was a proper teacher.
0: Um, oh, right. See, I always thought you just done supply. I never thought you were... No,
1: I did supply during the pandemic. Um, oh. During the pandemic. <laughs> God, doesn't that make it sound more dramatic than what it was? During the nation. During the pandemic, during the Great War. Um, I-, I-, I was a proper teacher for three years.
0: Oh, right. So you, like, did you go to uni with the intention of becoming a teacher then?
1: No, I went to uni just with the intention of getting a degree. I got a degree in English language and linguistics. And then I did comedy for four years. And I was just at the cusp of turning pro. And it kind of dawned on me that you needed something to fall back on. There was a lot of people, as I'm sure you're aware, there's a lot of people on the comedy circuit who are, for want of a better word, trapped uh, in that they are you know in their 50s or whatever they've got nothing to fall back on their act is all right but it's not like it was they're not just not getting enough work to to be comfortable and they're gonna have to go to fucking grimsby on a thursday for 100 quid and put the lights on you, you know to put the electricity on and i was like i don't want that future like i'd rather you know I'd i'd, I'd rather just quit but then, you know, when you're that age, what what can you do at 50? Start at the bottom and work in a call centre or yeah, something? Exactly. or Do an entry-level job? It's, it's just, you need like a proper career to fall back on. So I started teaching. Um, and then once it was all qualified and set up and everything, then, you know, I started to uh you know go back into stand-up again but i was doing stand-up full-time whilst i was teaching ah
0: right i see i i, I always thought you just yeah i had done supply um but that's, that's a good way to go about it but english is what you're going to be drawn to just because you had degree uh
1: yeah right. yeah but i have done supply as well
0: where i've taught you know all sorts of shit that's funny though the fact that you've become an english teacher and then just character assassinating <laughs> year eights who aren't reading books love it uh, <laughs> But I'll, uh, I'll start with today's read, right? As I say, this is coming from someone who usually works secondary school, uh, but is working in a primary. A little bit of context, there's quite a bit of a pre-story to this about how this person got into teaching, but I'll do that with you later on. Um, I'm just going to give this kind of a condensed version. But the, con- okay. the context is, right, that <laughs> they got into teaching because they were forced to resign from their previous job, which was a uh, activities coordinator in a care home. Because uh, if they step... I-
1: Hang about, activities coordinator in a care home? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um,
1: really? Does the does the climbing wall get used <laughs> a lot by fucking Margaret and Edith? <laughs> is fucking Arthur trying to make a great ascent on the fucking indoor climbing wall? What the fuck is an activities coordinator doing in a curve home?
0: <laughs> well, this is the best bit, is the fact that they have to resign because if they stayed, they were going to get reported to the police for fraud. Right, so they <laughs> they found the job uh, as a teacher on the way home after resigning. Right, so um, that's that's
1: how much the profession is in crisis. <laughs> that a fucking fraudulent activities coordinator in a care home can walk into a fucking primary school job. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, fantastic. But I just uh, I'll get into that later. There's way more to that, but I'll start this right. Um, as I say, feel free to jump in wherever you wish. So hello, the staff room. Uh, I was once working in a primary school covering a year four class, which is not something I'm used to as I normally do secondary. But that's because I think all primary schools are always the same. The school was brand new and in a nice area and the day was going all right. Bit of colouring in, cutting and sticking and learning your twos times tables. Uh, I was supposed to do my nines, but I thought I didn't want to fuck them up. So I thought I'd play it safe which I think is quite a good way to go about it, because have you ever had like egg on your face when a kid's caught you out with knowledge or?
1: No, because I'm not stupid. It's... <laughs> Mate, year four is like what, eight? You've just got to be smarter than eight-year-olds and you're shitting it. I don't understand. Well, to be. Do you know what I mean? Like I... You've just got to stay a little bit ahead of them. Do, do you know what I do when I'm covering supplies? So, so here's, an, here's the thing, right? Recently, I got asked to cover Spanish. Now, I don't speak a fucking word of Spanish. Noy bien. No Spanish show. Um, I don't speak any. Do you know what I mean? But um, what I would do is you get the PowerPoint up, and then you ask a question, oh, what does this word mean? And some kid goes, oh, it means cat or whatever. You haven't got a fucking clue. So what I do is I go is he right? <laughs> and then the kids the, the kids either go, yeah, or they go, no. Oh, and then you speak to another. You basically, you, like, you know this. You know how you can look at some kids and go, that one's the smartest one, that one's the stupidest one, yeah. that one's yeah. going to be a dickhead. Do you know what I mean? You pick, you pick the little girl at the front who's already got her pencil case set out and everything's at right angles and everything's perfect. And you go, is he right? And she'll give you the perfect answer and you ignore the kid eating Pritt stick in the back.
0: And that's how you get through the lesson. See, that's a, a different way of looking at it, because I've been cut out loads of times. My spelling's awful, and I've had kids ask me, and I'm just like, you're asking the wrong person, pal. So, yeah, go and ask a, a real- I
1: covered, I, I covered another one. Sometimes you just got to be honest with them though. I covered another one. Again, during uh, during COVID, it was the um, the, the head of science had been track and trace that morning, and so I had to go in and do the final physics lesson for year 11 uh, before the mock exam. And no uh, this kid was like, <laughs> this kid was like, Sir, what's the formula for converting kinetic energy to excess heat energy? I was like, I don't know. I, don't, I literally don't have a clue because I don't know anything. I don't even know half the words that you just said in that <laughs> sentence. Go and ask somebody else. Do you know what I mean?
0: And he, he just accepted that. he, he was...
1: Oh, yeah, totally. Right. Totally. Because they're like, yeah, fair enough. Do you know what I mean? When they're young, you can, bl- the younger they are, the easier they are to blag. Oh yeah. Once they hit, once they hit year nine, then they start to be smart. And actually, I, I think myself, once they go past that age, the worst thing you can do is blag them. And actually, if you just straight up and you go, mate, I haven't got a clue. Yeah. You're going to have to find yeah. this out yourself. Then they go, yeah, all right then. And they just, you know, I've, they do it themselves. I've had it
0: before where, because um, I work one-to-one with kids most of the time. And then, um, I had it before where I was working in a one school and a little girl came up to me, I might have mentioned this before on another episode, but she asked me what I'm, what i do in the school uh, and I just had to basically be on the hip of this lad um, and uh, I said I come in every week and I pick the smelliest kid, um, I just we just pick it and we put a picture up in the staff room of the smelliest kid and um, she she was like, really? I said, yeah, yeah, and then I just pointed at a boy who was playing on his own on the other side of the playground, I was like, it's him this week. <laughs> And then she just took it on face value, like, "Oh right, okay." So I said, "If you see me about, that's that's what I do. That's me job."
1: <laughs> that's amazing, but you've got to be careful though, saying that stuff because it it gets round. Do you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> um, but to be fair, I've not had any complaints yet. But uh, I just think like, you yeah, just have a laugh with them. Um, but yeah, I don't know, I might, might get a bit of cancellation. Have you ever tried to be really, you, you know, you get
1: those teach, those uh, teachers that are dead sarcastic. Oh yeah, with the pupils. Yeah, yeah. You know, the ones that... Like
0: (laughs) you. Oh, mate. I
1: used to have what... Right, so I used to do... I used to do uh, toilet duty at this school, right? And toilet duty is the worst fucking one because they know that you've got to let them go to the toilet and they know that it's weird for you to have to ask them if they actually need the toilet so they play off it really they look if you're if you're guarding a door it's the easiest job in the world right. because you you literally just go you're not allowed through this door and they go well i need to go through and you go well you ain't coming through and they go well i need to and you go well whatever you do or say i'm not going to let you through this door So you can either fuck off now or you can keep arguing (laughs) with me and waste your break, whatever you prefer. But when it's the toilet, they know that they can just, it's like, they know they've got a chance to get in. And so, so I used to, I used to watch this woman. She was like an older woman. She was really funny with how she treated the kids. And when the kids had asked to come inside, she'd, she'd be like, do you, do you need to come inside? Are you dying? Are you are, do you suppose that you might be dying within the next three to five minutes? No. Oh no, you can last you can last longer. Well, please feel free to die in your next lesson, but you shan't be coming in here. <laughs> but I tried adopting that strategy for the toilet, right? And this girl comes up to me once and she goes, sir, I need to use the toilet. And I went, Do we need do we need to use the toilet? It sounds and like Bob like, said
0: this already.
1: <laughs> she goes, she goes, yeah. And I go. Do you suppose that you will leak within the next three to five minutes if you do not need the to- if you do not have use the toilet? And she went, "Well, I'm on my period, so yeah." Oh, and I was like, oh, fuck.
0: <laughs> Go in. That's a, a confidence of her, though, to just announce that in front of the class.
1: Hor- horrible, horrific. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I I'll, I'll, on, where was that to. So yeah, you stopped with the twos, right? Uh, he says everything was sound apart from all day this one boy whose name was Aiden, but it's spelt with a H, right? I would read that as Hayden, not Aiden. Um No, I think
1: d- d- does he not mean Aiden A I H D E N, like a Hayden.
0: Uh no, no. He's put H A Y D E N, but put in brackets. Okay, Aiden. well
1: well then his his name is literally Hayden. It, it doesn't matter what his mum thinks his name is. <laughs> exactly. His name exactly. is fucking Hayden. That- that's that's <laughs> the end do you know what i mean like like just like if you put any other letter at the beginning of that word it wouldn't make it silent do you know what i mean yeah. like if you spelt yeah. it with a k it'd be kaden you know what i mean like
0: you, well this is exactly it he says clearly his mom and dad have thought it makes it sound posher uh, what a end! i thought he had a bob haircut on his shoulders that made him look like an onion and he was really pasty reminded me i needed to get milk on the way home. I've just so he's really pasty and he's got a little bob haircut. He sounds like a 18th century French lord. I'm getting Sue Barker from Question of Sport. That's the image. That's really? Go I've got Ali McCoy. I'm getting
1: like one of the aristocracy from <laughs> Les Mis. With the... I reckon he's going to be going around the playground singing, Do You Hear the People Sing?
0: <laughs> with his fancy French name. Um,
1: yeah, <laughs> Do you want to go to the toilet, Hayden? Red, the blood of angry men. All right, mate, chill out. That's the year nine girl that's on his period. Oh, fuck it <laughs> Probably not going to go out this, is it? It's all right, I'm not offended. Go on. Um,
0: he says uh, he, he was just piping up with shite all the time. Telling people his dad's got the fastest car that goes 200 miles an hour and it only took them 15 minutes the other day to get to Skegness, which is a two-hour drive. I felt like telling the class he was a lying little bellend and that they shouldn't listen to him. I even heard him tell someone he had a pet shark and that last year he went to America with his family, but they didn't fly there, they actually swam to America. Most of the kids were going along with it, apart from a few and myself who knew Aidan was a complete gobshite. Now... I've seen kids that have, like, you know, lied through the teeth and it's like, my dad does this, my dad does that. But I've never seen anyone show off about the fact they went to Skegness, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's a two-hour drive. No, we got there in, like, 15 minutes. Have you ever had any lads that have, um, you know, like, compulsive liars?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so when they... Have you spent much time in secondary school? Uh, only proves, Um So... So... The thing is, is when, when year sevens come into secondary school for the first time, it's actually a really interesting time because for them, it's a huge transitional moment. They go from being having one teacher who they form a really intense bond with to having lots of teachers who couldn't give less of a fuck about them. <laughs> so it's, it's a very different sort of thing. And what happens is they get these new teachers and they have an intense need to be liked by them most of them do they have an intense need particularly at the beginning and that will manifest itself in really weird ways and one of the weird ways that it will manifest itself is that they will bullshit through their teeth about anything and anything because they think it impresses you right okay so but you've just you've just got to go all oh, right yeah yeah okay I had a kid once tell me his dad played football for England. And I went, what's your dad's name? And he went, Ian. And I was like...
0: Who? Is that the second yeah, name who? on the back of the shirt, just Ian? Yeah. Um, <laughs> he
1: was like Prince, a seal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, That's quite interesting, though. the fact I never thought of that, uh, the fact that Year 7s would come up there and the fact they get that bond with one teacher to then try and want that with seven or eight other teachers. Um yeah, I've just I've never looked at it that way before. But even when I was in year seven, I never really I never thought of it. Uh I was never I was never out to get like me teachers on my side. It was just like you just see them and then you don't and then you see them and then you don't. <laughs> it wasn't a committed well, there's a, relationship.
1: There's a lot of kids, I mean, especially if it's in more um uh sorry, less affluent areas, I should say, that that bond with the uh, you know, with the teacher is is possibly in some cases the most positive bond that they have with an adult. Yeah, I can agree with and that. And so yeah. for them, it, it really matters that that you like them. Um, and so particularly the first six months, very strange time. It's why it's so easy to make year sevens cry at the beginning <laughs> and why they ask so many fucking questions in the first couple of
0: weeks. Did you ever have a year seven class that you had for a year or were you just you just... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that it was and that's exactly what you're talking about there, if you've seen it happen then,
1: yeah, so you see i mean I, I mean you see that there's a gradual change, and by Christmas, they've pretty much accepted their new surroundings, but particularly the first eight weeks, they are very um skittish and very nervous, and they really want to be a lot of them really want to be liked and really want yeah. to you know have that bond with a teacher um and it's, it's strange, really. Like I say, it manifests itself in really weird uh, ways. I'm terrified about doing anything wrong or, you know, there's, I mean, don't get me wrong. This isn't for every child because there's yeah. other kids that yeah. literally they go in year seven and they go, okay, how much of a end can I be? And, you know, that's, but it's, it's about, I think genuinely when you move from, because when you move from primary to secondary as a kid, you've got to establish yourself oh, yeah. all over again. And you go from being the kid that everyone knows to the kid that nobody knows. And there's there's a pressure to reestablish yourself and to reinvent yourself. But also you're kind of competing with 150 other kids who are all also trying to reestablish and reinvent themselves. So if you were the popular kid, then you've got dozens of other kids also wanting to be the popular kid. And you can't all be the popular kid. If you're the naughty kid, You've got dozens of other kids yeah. who were also the naughty kid. who and, and, and so you're kind of competing against that. Do you know
0: what I mean? Yeah, that's, um, that's it, it just uh, I've never looked at it that way before. I just like the fact that what you've said there, which is about these kids being quite soft and mushy and looking for acceptance, and then right at the start, you, with a year eight, whispering in his ear as he's not reading a book. If you don't start reading that, I'm going to beat you to death with it. <laughs> yeah, by year eight, they've chilled out a lot.
1: And the kid in, uh, you know... Uh, some of the kids in that class were were great. Do you know what I mean? And they yeah. they kind of got the measure of me, and I got the measure of them. And they kind of they kind of knew what I was about, and I knew what they were about. And do you know what? It's funny because I um, I never really set out to be. Like, I I can't stand, like, you know, the cool, like, hey, I'm a teacher, but I'm also your friend. That's what I am. I'm really, you don't have to call me Mr. Smith. You can just call me Mr. S because I'm cool. Oh, yeah. Hey, guess what I did at the weekend? I went to the match because I like football. Well, I'm cool. I I just don't get on board. I think it's pathetic. You're an adult. You should have adult friends. Stop being weird um but what i used to do with the kids is my golden rule was that i if you're sound with me then i'll be sound with you but if you're a dickhead with me then i will be a, a 10 times as bad with you and i will always win because you can only make my life a misery for eight, sixty 60 minutes or however long the lesson yeah. is whereas i can piss you off all week basically if i wanted to um and I used to, I used to more than I used to speak to them like they were
0: little adults. Yeah, exactly the same and as just, me. I, like, I, exactly the same as me with my approach. It's like uh, just talk to them like they're an adult. And uh, if they start giving me cheeky back, I, I give it to them. Um, I'm, I'm, and yeah, yeah, it's not what like, Think about how you make other people feel. It's like you know, stop being a bellend.
1: I think it's different. I mean, we're talking about behaviour management here, aren't we? Really? Yeah. Um, uh, I think it's different behaviour managing a year seven. Um, uh, than it is a year 11. I think as they get older, you have to change your approach. And I think that if you are in a more difficult school, you have to change your approach. Yeah. Um. But if you're in a good school, it's actually quite easy. What, what it is, this is going to sound horrible, but you know when you watch Can't Pay, We'll Take It Away, <laughs> and what they do is they come in and they find that one thing that just fucking gets you. Do you know what I mean? It could be your car or it could be them coming in and doing an inventory or whatever or ringing removal. They find that one thing that's the trigger point for you. And as soon as they know what it is, they step down on it and you end up paying the money or whatever. It's kind of like that with kids. But with emotions. They all have that... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they all have one trigger point. They all have something, and once you find out what it is, a lot of them, for example, is is ringing mum and dad, yeah, or something like that. That for them is is huge. It's, it's life changing. Yeah, uh, the, do you know what I mean? Like 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 they do anything to avoid that. The little shits in school, as soon as you mention mum and dad, they go, oh god.
0: Yeah, I've 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 had somewhere mum and dad. Uh, there's no fear with it at all. It's just like ring me mum and dad. So this is what so happens what? <laughs> when
1: you're in a more difficult yeah. when you're in a more yeah. difficult school, there's less of those pressure points to uh to, you know Play to off, go yeah. off.
0: Well, this is um I suppose this kid in this story he's gonna have a hard time in secondary school because he's uh, we digress. He's continuing with this story, this teacher, right? He says, um the lad is essentially he's proper getting on my tits, right? And all the kids looked up to him. Uh for some reason he was respected by his peers. Uh, But he pissed me off something rotten. Now, the last lesson was PE and the school had one PE teacher. So he was taking the class and they were playing cricket. And of course, fucking Aiden, Hayden, uh, was batting first, the little long-haired prick. It was so predictable. What was less predictable, however, was when I ran as fast as I could to the other end of the sports hall, jumping over four kids, nearly breaking me fucking collarbone just to catch the little twat out. I even gave myself one of those little shiny trouser burns and then shouted at the top of my voice, out! <laughs> and pointed to the benches for him to sit down. Only to be told seconds later by the PE teacher that you can't get out on your first go. <laughs> 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 he says, I mean, you don't get that at the Um And I like how the, the last line of this is, right? Uh, <laughs> that little gobshite, Aiden ruined my day. I mean, what a cunty eight-year-old. <laughs> wow. This is, all the stories are anonymous. and um, That's the first C-bomb I've had dropped by a teacher. Um, but this is exactly what the podcast is about, people getting stuff off the chest. Uh. <laughs> that,
1: that little eight-year-old has run rings around you, pal. Like, <laughs> he's absolutely had you off. Yeah. He's, he's, that eight-year-old lives in your head rent-free now and... <laughs> Do you, think, do you think he still thinks about you, that dickhead that tried to catch him out that time? Does he balls?
0: <laughs> yeah, my favourite bit of that is the fact that I felt like if they were going to have a straightener between Aiden and the teacher, the teacher would go, I'll get my dad. <laughs> right? And we'll have it off in a car park with two of them. Do you know,
1: I wouldn't... I'm, I'm, I mean, you asked me at the beginning how I deal with something yeah. like that. Um, so the first thing that I would do is I would... Um, Whatever he said, I would one-up him. So if he said, uh, I've got a car that goes 200 miles an hour, I'd go, oh, no way, that's interesting, because I've just bought a car that goes 210 miles an hour, so mine's faster. And then I'd just leave it at that. And then he'd go, we went to Skegness in 15 minutes. I'd go, I've been to Skegness. I actually only did it in 10 minutes, so you were slower. And I'd just leave it at that. And then I just keep keep doing that. Oh, you swam to America. All right, I've swam to America twice. So <laughs> i am held my breath the twice. entire way. <laughs> exactly. And I just do it like that. And every time he said something, I would make sure that I had a better version and then said it again so he can see how annoying it is. That's a good bit, yeah. So he he, he can work out himself. If it was really pissing you off, all you do is just take him away from his audience. Yeah, well, that's exactly because it. Because he, yeah, attention he wants an audience. So... All you do is you would say, oh, it's really interesting. What we're going to do is we're going to come over here and you're going to do some work on your own for a bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's as simple as that. It's... And don't make it out like it's a punishment or anything like that. Just like, you know what? I really want to hear all of your amazing stories. I want you to write them down for me. But you're going to have to do it over here quietly on your own.
0: Yeah. Done, problem yeah. solved. That's, it's a weird thing because um, I had it recently where I called a kid out on um, showing off. Um, and they, they do it quite a lot and it was just one of them where I was just like what you're just attention seeking and as soon as I said it you could see them almost register like oh right I thought no one else was noticing what I was doing and it's like well of, of course you know and, and not everyone in the class was um, interested in what the person was saying they were just humouring them you know but it's a weird emotion that, like, that kind of embarrassment
1: oh yeah I, I, I used it all the time I used it all the time I used to say why are you showing off all the time literally just go why are you showing off yeah and they they go, I'm not showing off. And you go, well, you are, really. I mean, if you want the attention to be on you, you know, insert dickhead name here, then we can do that. But I think I'm just going to carry on and teach. And you just see them just go, because they don't like to be confronted yeah. and challenged yeah. like that.
0: I remember once uh, my mum and dad had friends around uh, when I was a kid. And I remember I, I did something, I can't remember what, but yeah, I was dicking about. And I remember my dad saying... Uh, you wouldn't do that if they were here, but you're only doing it because they're here and immediately like going, ooh, just shrinking down like, oh, yeah. God. Do you know what?
1: If, if someone says it to you now, it's pretty wounding. Yeah. It's pretty wounding now. And I'm a, I'm, I'm a stand-up comedian, <laughs> so I show off by trade. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? And yet, yet, for some reason, if someone goes, why are you showing off? I go, oh. Do you
0: know <laughs> what I mean? Um, mind you, though, I can I can distinctly remember this. I remember probably being about eight years old. And my dad's mate Mark. This was while we were on holiday. Uh, this is like a shot of thinking about it. It was just a bit cringy. Basically, I told him um, we were staying in a caravan at the time, right? South of France on holiday, and I said, Mark, you'd never guess, right? What happened a few weeks before we came on holiday? I woke up in the middle of the night, right, and I went to go to the toilet actually tripped at the top of the top of the stairs and fell all the way down face first into a blueberry pie and he looked at me as you are right now as if to be like where where what fucking planet have you pulled this from uh, and i'm just kind of grinning at him like go on it's it happened it actually happened he's just like looking back at me going you are full of complete shit and like i feel like with this kid in that situation like what you said there trying to one up him um I think I'd, I'd ask more questions to like, kind of let him tie himself in knots with the lie.
1: Well, that's what kids do when they want adults to like them, is they make up daft, stupid shit like that, because they think that that's what adults want to hear. They want to hear amazing stories. When It's, it's just how an eight-year-old brain works, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but it's it's so easy to to, you know, to deal with and stuff like that. I thought it was going to be a genuine problem, this. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a genuine issue. Do you know what I mean? I used to work at a school where kids had cut themselves during my fucking lesson. Jesus. And you're the... <laughs> oh, yeah, I had two kids' self harm. They slit the wrists. Um, oh, 40 hell. minutes into a 60-minute lesson about a Christmas carol. So um, that's, how bar... that's how bad my lesson was going. Yeah,
0: Jesus Christ. That's it. A... How did you handle that? Just like, right, we're going to stop doing this or...
1: Uh, no, uh, luckily I had a TA in the room. Uh, and do you know what? I think that's the first time that that sentence has ever been uttered. Uh, luckily I had a TA. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, <so laughs> Mind you, have you ever had any good TAs?
1: Yes. Yes, I have. I've had one or two good TAs um, uh, and they've been fantastic. Really, really good. Okay, this. But, go on. The majority of TAs, I'm not sure could be any
0: less useless. <laughs> well... I'm honestly me, I, I'm amazingly useless. This, this is interesting, though, because, like, as I say, you're the first teacher I've had on. So, in, like, when you say useless and good, what... Because my idea of what someone, a good TA is, um, could be different to yours, but I'm just curious to know, like, from your perspective.
1: Uh, proactive. Okay. Uh, and can read the classroom well and can understand... Um, what's going on? A good TA feels like an extension of the teacher, in that they are working in harmony with the teacher and they are sort of feeding off the they're reading the lesson. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? They're they're seeing what's going to happen next and they're being proactive, they're not being reactive. Do you know what I mean? They're using their body in a certain way so as to limit disruption and things like that. A bad TA, oh my fucking Lord, I'd rather have nobody. I'd I'd honestly rather have nobody than a bad TA. Do you know what? I was doing a a bit of supply teaching a few months ago, and there was a TA in the room, and we were in. So the way that the pandemic's affected teaching, or at least one of the ways that the pandemic has affected teaching, is now everyone's in a bubble, and so it's very rare that you will have your lesson in your room and it makes a huge difference because if you try teaching uh music in a science room or teaching you know uh teaching science in a in a maths room it's impossible yeah. it's much harder yeah. and I don't know whether or not that that's because kids have had years of going this is what this kind of room looks like this is what I'm you know it's jarring for them to do a music lesson in a science room it's it's weird so i was i was stamping my authority down on this class pretty easily to be honest they they weren't much trouble um but there was one kid who was doing my head in a little bit and so i sent her outside um and and literally i got the class working on tasks there was a ta in the room uh and the ta wasn't very she'd she'd handed some books out and that was was you know that was what she was available for Uh, and it's a shame really because when you've got a ta that knows if you're a supply teacher you kind of need the ta to be on your side of it because they know the kids do you know what i mean um so i i I literally just said uh miss can you just make sure that they're working i'm just going to go outside and have a little chat and i was gone for 60 seconds and i came back in and for reasons unbeknown to me, chocolate milk was fucking everywhere. <laughs> it, looked like, it looked like a child exploded <laughs> in like a Willy Wonka <laughs> style accident. The school. And there was, and I looked, but, but, but the thing is, is I looked at her like, what the fuck has just happened? And then she left and then went and got ahead of year. And it was like.
0: Yeah, but, but, so a kid had just thrown it everywhere. You what, sorry? The kid had just thrown the chocolate milk everywhere.
1: No, the kid had got the chocolate milk out of his bag and she had told him to put it away and he had said, well, he hadn't put it away and so she had decided to try and take it off him and grabbed hold of it and then chocolate milk had gone fucking everywhere. Oh,
0: fucking hell.
1: It's literally the worst thing that she could have done in that situation.
0: Yeah. I get what you It's interesting though, the, the idea of reading the room. Because um, I work mainly one-to-one with someone. Um, I just follow that kid everywhere that kid goes. So, um, yeah, it's it's. I'm not paying much attention to the classroom. It's just my eyes are on you. Um, but it's just interesting to see that if someone's not doing, not part of that, yeah, they might as well just not be in the room. Um,
1: if, if, if I had, honestly, most of the time, I don't find a, a, a use for them at all. It's quite useful when you get somebody working one-to-one, and particularly if you put it with a kid, who has, um, uh, you know, certain educational needs that if they are not met, then it will cause that child to act out. Yeah. Um, I can think of one kid that I, um, that I taught. Uh, do we have to uh, anonymize the names? Uh,
0: you can do if you want. Um, it depends if they can listen to it. Yeah, just call, call them a different name, yeah.
1: Okay. Um, Joseph. Joseph. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: Real name Joe. Uh. Yeah, uh. <laughs> it was. Actually, it was a big lips was, uh, towards the mouth. It was. Uh, if,
1: if you think you know, who it was. It was actually Joe with a silent H at the beginning.
0: So um, French. The French fellow.
1: Absolutely. Well. Yeah, he was a French kid. Uh, little Bob used to have those little little fucking platoons. Yeah, yeah. Had a roof around his neck. Um, <laughs> so he was—he he was a kid who was really, really hard work in a class full of kids that were hard work. a Really difficult class, and sometimes when you get a, a class like that, it, it sort of feels like whack-a-mole. In that you, you you have to sort of like sort of bop them on the heads a little. A little. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, as soon as one of them you you deal with another one pops up and you're like that. That's how it feels dealing with a class full of tough characters. But he was one of those special kids. I don't know if you've come across them that can just nuke a lesson on their own. Oh yeah. They don't need any, they can, they're like a little atomic bomb waiting to happen. And I've only taught a few of them, uh, but they can usually with kids, they don't just blow up and destroy like it, you know there's scales and you can catch it and it's your job to sort of nip it in the bud um but yeah he, he was one that could just blow up and and do anything um and i was honestly i was at the point where i was like i can't have this kid in my lesson anymore i can't because he needs constant supervision and i cannot give him constant supervision in this class because there's so many other people that need help and we popped him with a ta uh and it made the world of difference and he mentioned something in passing about the letters on the page moving and we found out that he had dyslexia um and he needed a he needed an overlay yeah, uh, yeah. and once he and once he had an overlay honestly completely different kid went, went from being an absolute nightmare to being sound and what was happening really was that every time he came across something that he didn't know or talk. that he didn't yeah. understand what he would do is he would blow up because that way he gets sent out and yeah. he wouldn't have to deal with yeah. the problem.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I've seen that loads of times, uh, where it's just like, I'll avoid it. Yeah. If I do this, I don't have to do that. But yeah, interesting that the, I've, I've basically been asking listeners as well to kind of send in some of their, uh, school experiences just from like flipping it around from, you know, looking student, looking at the teacher now, um, And this was the first one that came through that really kind of caught my attention. So um, I won't mention the name, but the the title for it is Vodka Kicking and a Witness Statement. Right, okay. Uh,
1: Okay, it sounds like a song by the (laughs) Um,
0: Bones. They said um, the first episode was wicked. I listened to it on a bus, uh, which ended up being quite fitting, but it also made me more vigilant of every preteen passenger. Now, I don't know if you've listened to episode one, but... There was... Uh, <laughs> Sorry. There was... um
1: Oh, yeah, I couldn't put it down, <laughs> Harry. I was just
0: fucking... Um, the, the context is a lad basically said to his teacher, he, he said, I, th- I think I've ejaculated. And um, his teacher was like, what? And he said, I, th- I think I ejaculated at a bus stop this morning. Uh, but this boy had no reference of what ejaculate was because he'd never done it before and um, so you know if that isn't you know enough clickbait to go and have a listen why to why
1: would it. he right okay so i've got so, so i've got questions right. number one why would you tell your teacher that you have ejaculated? What, what was he hoping that the teacher well, would do? They, like, yeah. collect
0: it as a sample? <laughs> yeah, He was a science teacher as well. Um, uh. oh.
1: <laughs> Just a minute, let me get one of the test tubes. Um, <laughs> um, and, and now that we've got this, we can clone you if anything happens to you. <laughs> um, th- second thing, what boy uses the term ejaculate?
0: Well, it he he sounded by the story that he was quite an innocent lad. And he's obviously, he was in a sex ed lesson, so he's using the correct terminology. But yeah, um, he, he's quite a prude. I don't think I've ever used the term ejaculate. Yeah, you know I mean? It's, it's, it's just coming, isn't it? That's it.
1: Oh, you were getting a drink. I thought I thought that that was you touching wood. <laughs> I thought you were leading down to touch wood. I don't say ejaculate like, me,
0: touch wood. <laughs>
1: yeah, that, I, I thought, what a superstitious thing. What does he think is going to happen if he says the word ejaculate? No, I was
0: just, I'm, I'm sat on my sofa here, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, it's, uh yes <laughs> right um well, so i said yeah uh, listen to the first episode right this is the start of their story i have a story which centers around a teacher uh, with many components all of which should never have occurred in a teaching establishment for the sake of anonymity i'll refer to all the parties as pupil one the teacher and the class twas a chilly november morning And the day begun... I know, it's like a Dickens novel, isn't it? It's just twas. It it was a chilly uh, November morning, uh, and the day begun... And
1: Marley was dead to begin with. What the fuck?
0: Um, With an hour of year eight top set maths. Our classroom was on the ground floor of a block of eight classrooms, and a racket had begun to stir in the classroom above, which wasn't anything out of the ordinary. So no one reacted until pupil one burst into the classroom shouting alki at the math teacher now the week before after rooting through said teacher's drawer uh, a student had found uh, a bottle of vodka right and word must have gotten out so just to highlight no one was denying that the teacher was an alcoholic uh, but this wasn't something the class felt like reporting because she was the only best teacher in a really crappy school she, so the teacher she tried to remove the pupil from the class which wasn't happening and there was a physical back and forth a lot of shouting and pushing uh, then she cracked and what I can only describe as a volleyed him out of the classroom right with a roundhouse kick straight into his calves which almost took his legs out from under him um, she then locked the door and eventually left um, and he left too she then carried on teaching us fractions for at least 10 minutes before he returned with the head teacher and an accusation of assault. Um, Jesus uh, Christ, you got taught by a pissed Bruce Lee. Fucking <laughs> oh, hell. Um, so the teacher was removed, and we were all instructed to write down what we saw. Um, so what happened next was democracy in its finest form. We all banded together and turned into the jury, negotiating our point around the room, until after much discussion, we settled on the undeniable fact that she was our only hope of a good grade in maths. Uh, so we banded together and wrote a statement of denial. Plus, pupil one was also a bit of, bit of a prick, so why not pass maths?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, I think that's really sweet What the uh, what the class did. Yeah. But I also think that if you're going to lie like that, then you do reserve the right to call that teacher Jackie Heine-Chan for the rest <laughs> of the year. Uh...
0: I, I, my favourite bit is the fact that once she's roundhoused him, she just goes back to doing fractions as if to be like, so guys, numerator, denominator. Right, now we're going to move have on to the number. Have you ever broken up a fight at a school? Uh, oh, yeah, mate. I, yeah, I've had a, I had a lad try and stab me with a screwdriver. Oh, um, it's fucking class.
1: I love it, mate. Because I always, I always look hard as fuck. Because I'm much bigger than them anyway. I always look like an actual fucking <laughs> lunatic when I just jump in and just start grabbing cunts. I love it. I absolutely love it. But I remember, I remember doing a fight, um, a fight kicking off at this school. It was a good school as well. And I literally walked straight in between these two. And they were literally kicking the shit out of each other. And I walked straight in between them. And you know how, like, so we were sort of told that you need to grab sort of the tie collar area around here so you've got control of them, Oh, but you aren't like... I thought you were talking about fighting
0: tactics for the kids, not from (laughs) this, this... Yeah, we've got to grab them from the collar.
1: But I grabbed them and I managed to get them at the collar like this. But I... It's not easy to grab a kid by the collar and the tie. It's not because they're moving and they're full of energy. So a lot of the times you're trying to grab them and it's weird, but I just grabbed them both perfectly. And so I just grabbed out like this, but I just went like that, and grabbed them both. And then walked and threw them into different rooms at the same time. And all the kids looked at me like I was a fucking ninja. Because I just walked in between and ta,
0: like that, poof, old, straight away. How old were the kids? Uh, about 15,
1: 16, that's, year 10, year that's 11. That's at
0: least 10 stone on each on each hand there. You know what I mean? You've done pretty well.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, is I'm just bigger than them, like the most of them. Right. In, in, not not in terms of height by the time they get to year 11, but just in terms, like, you know, I'm 18 stone. If a year 11 18 stone, then it's a... It's you know it's a matter for the social services. Do you know what I mean? So I'm just and when they're that age, they can't really differentiate between muscle and fat. They just see they just see general size. So I look like some sort of weird burr to them. Um, but yeah, man, I, I I love breaking up fights and stuff like that. I used to really I used to weirdly enjoy it.
0: <laughs> Putting your gum shield in, just tucking and getting tight, going for the uppercut. <laughs> I used to used to wear me tap. I used to come into school with
1: a gee. <laughs> <laughs> slip it on, get me black belt on, shock me palms up. Right, who are we fucking having here? Um, That's funny. Do you know what you don't want to get involved with though? Is girls' fighting. I was fight just about to say that. Yeah. Holy shit!
0: It's um, I find it really difficult, uh, and my experience of dealing with girls that are really challenging is being. Well, yeah, there's there's one girl that sticks out that was an absolute nightmare, but I find it really difficult trying to deal with girls when they're acting up. As with a boy, it's just, I don't know, I think it's from the point of view of like, if they hit me, I can't, I feel like I've got more right to with them back, you know, but if it's a girl, there's always that voice in the back of me going, you can't hit women. The, the thing is, is uh,
1: for me personally, a punch actually hurts less than having whatever it is that the girls do, the nails, their uh, right. pulling and stuff like that. I've had my beard pulled. I've had my face scratched.
0: Is that, is that because you were breaking up a fight? Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, right, yeah. Okay,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, were, so I used to work at a school that was um, really underfunded, like, like crazily. And they were at a point where they couldn't afford to expel some of the kids. Because if you're expelling a child, it costs money. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, yeah. co- it costs a couple of grand. So what they would do is, and, and the school just didn't have that money. So what they would do is they would constantly suspend the child for three weeks at a time. And she knew what the game was. Do you know what I mean? She was, so I used, to, I, I, I used to teach her. She was in year 10. They weren't going to spend two grand expelling a year 10 yeah. when yeah. she's she's, half she's out just running down anyway. the contract
0: isn't she going on, on a three
1: to- <laughs> totally exactly <laughs> they're hoping that she takes advantage of the bosman ruling yeah, exactly. and transfers to a college <laughs> um but i remember teaching her and literally she'd just come back from a three-week suspension uh, i said her name on the register she said yes sir like that really sweet and nicely and i thought oh she's in a good mood today and then she got up out of her seat. She went to this girl who was also in the class, said, what you've been saying about me, you little skat, headbutted her in the face and then grabbed her hair and sort of dragged her over the table and then walked out. She, she literally took herself out because she knew that she was gone for three weeks. Whoa. So she just, she, she literally waited. Yes, sir. Went, oh, what, you been, what the fuck you've been saying about me, the little skat, headbutt. Dragged, dragged the her over the top Gee. and then and then went back. Imagine
0: if she was last on the register and then said, Yes, sir, after doing that. <laughs> Baller move. I'm on the way out now. All right, have a good day. But just a quick. <laughs> she,
1: she knew she knew what she was gonna do. She knew she knew exactly what she was gonna do. Uh and she'd waited, she'd waited sometimes. Apparently, this girl had been saying something on you, you know, yeah, like social media that, and yeah, things yeah. like that. She just waited two weeks. And then she'd come back... Because she doesn't care anymore. She's, you know, long since caring. But yeah, man, it's it's, it's scary.
0: Well, that's... Uh, I've been trying to, like, kind of finish the teacher read section um, with a student or the teacher picking a side. But I already feel like you have picked your side with the kid saying that this kid is, you know, living in this teacher's ed, rent-free now. But if you had to pick between the student or the teacher who came out best on the uh, the eight-year-old, what would you say?
1: Oh, the kid, massively. Um, Like... Do you know what I mean? If you no, no offense to whoever wrote in, but if you can't like, if if, if you can't discipline an eight-year-old boy that tells fantastical <laughs> stories, then I mean the, the 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 bar is set low with that. Do you know what I mean? He's definitely had you over. He's definitely had you over because um, he made you get competitive. You're the one that took it that that made it go personal.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I just um, even though they've got a little shiny trouser burn as a result as well, which is uh, you know, you've ruined them trousers for good, haven't you? Maybe that's it, you need to go need to go back to next yeah. and get yourself some of those pants. <laughs> Every time you look at it, I wonder if they think of them. You know what I mean? It's like ah.
1: Do you know what? I never used to wear I was gonna say I never used to wear pants for school. I meant I wore chinos, not that I right. used to come in without pants and just <laughs> Hello. (laughs) Who am I teaching today? Ignore the semi. Um,
0: (laughs) But no, I just want to say thank you very much, mate, for coming on the podcast. I much appreciate it.
1: Thank you very much. Um, I might, uh, if you'll ever have me back on, uh, I might... By all means. ...to plug in future, because during lockdown, I actually wrote a book about teaching uh, from a stand-up comics perspective. Uh, You know, sort of like, have you ever read This Is Going To Hurt by... uh, Yes, by yeah yeah Yeah, i've basically tried to write the teaching version of that and at the moment it is with um penguin random house who are um basically editing the first draft um so there's a long way to go and then it'll get taken to an acquisitions meeting and maybe they'll want it maybe they won't but maybe in a few months i might actually have something
0: to plug which would be nice You see what i mean now i felt like the teacher that sent that in definitely got a lot off their chest um massive thank you for the person that sent that in because you know it seems like you you had you had a lot going on there and uh now you've shared it i feel like you know you're not going to unleash that anger on your child one day when they ask are we nearly there yet and you turn around like Aah! you know you've got rid of all that that energy now so thank you very much for that um It was great to have Freddie on. Do you see what I mean? Dead insightful, wasn't it? Because I just never looked at it that way before. So definitely going to have him on again in the future. Good luck to him with the book. Hopefully that takes off. Um, Next week's episode, I have Lauren Patterson on as my guest and Lauren Patterson, she's a very, very good comedian. Um, She's done an awful lot of work in a very short space of time. And we're going over a story from a college lecturer. Which is uh, the first first story I've had come through that is isn't around secondary school, so um you know bigger and older knobheads, but still nobeds. So uh, I'm talking about the kids there, not the not the people teaching them, because <laughs> uh, the person teaching them is actually quite a young teacher. So that's why it's quite an interesting dynamic. But that is next week's episode. Until then, please keep spreading the word about this um, because it is working and I much appreciate it. If you haven't subscribed yet, do. And if you haven't listened to the other episodes, go and give them a listen. You know, they're all different and they're all very funny. People keep telling me that. Um, But yeah, thank you very much for tuning in. And until next time, look after yourselves and take it easy. is produced by Harry Stachini artwork by Poppy Spinks and soundtrack by James McGraw